Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. My goodness, this is our last live show of 2022. I don't know if that's good or bad, but we're here. This is Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And I'm calling this show The Gifts of Creativity. Because, the gift one? Well, changing it to gifts, plural, because I have three guests who are all gifts. Lyle like that. He's, he's nodding up and down. We are live on Facebook. Guests, just wave hello to Facebook. There we are. I'm watching us. This is a wonderful thing. And I'm going to do an introduction in a second. But in case anybody doesn't know, it is December what? 19th, 2022. Let's go st- check our stats here. It is the 352nd day of 2022 in the Gregorian calendar. And I always do a shout out to Greg, Gregory, Grego, Gregor, whatever his mommy called him. Could she even have imagined that he'd be that famous that hundreds or thousands of years later, we'd be using his calendar and saying thank you to him. I may be the only one, but at least we're doing it. 12 days left in 2022. This is the 51st Monday and nobody gives a you know what except me about that. But I'm going to tell Michaela and Lyle and Danielle that if you haven't gotten your beverage for New Year's Eve, you may be too late because I know Michaela planned to make Kahlua in the sink in her garage. Those flavors aren't going to be really blended if you waited too long. I know that Danielle has relatives who had a a still during prohibition in the back of her property. (laughs) And I hope you started the whiskey and Lyle, I know you were going to go to a very high end online wine store and buy something bubbly and fabulous. Well, the shelves digitally and real life may be all sold out. So good luck to you. So whatever you're drinking, and I'll just be doing eggnog with, maybe I'll sneak a little rum into it there. We have to do a special shout out to a lady who has been with me on this show in spirit and listening for years and years and years. On the count of three, I want all three of my special guests to raise your voice and we're going to say hello, LLL. And I'll hold up the letter for you to remind you so you don't pick an R or a B or a W. Lyle, I'm keeping an eye on you. So on the count of three, one, two, three, hello, LLL. Josh, I think that was the best one all year. I, if I had prizes, I'd give them to all of you. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my dear friend from Whitestone, New York. She listens to the shows. And at 8.01 p.m. Eastern today, Danielle, Lyle, and Michaela, I'm going to get a report on what the three of you talked about, a little bit about what your theme was, what your take on creativity is, and how much she enjoyed hearing you on the show. And she's been doing this for years. And so she's my special, most loyal listener. And I'm trying to get her to move to a place with an L. So it's lovely, lanky, Laura Legs. She's very tall and we met in a dance class. Lovely, lanky, Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. But Whitestone doesn't have a an L. So I've tried to get her to move to London. We couldn't figure that out. Larchmont, she doesn't want Larchmont. You get it, Lyle. So we'll come up with, we'll take a nomination for where we're going to raise a fictitious GoFundMe to move her somewhere. So that's, let me tell you who's on the show now. Everybody wave again. Hello to Facebook, Facebook Live. We're here on my Read My Lips page. So happy we can do this and bring their wonderful faces to our audiences around the world. I have three very happy creators. Let me tell you about them very briefly. And then when I'm done with the mini introductions, we'll have them introduce themselves. First up, we have a young lady named Danielle Cybulski. I hope I pronounced that correctly. She's a writer. She's a TEDx speaker. She's a former college professor. She's a podcaster. And if you're looking on Facebook, you'll see that she has this 
fabulous red uh, soundproofing. I hope Josh, my engineer, is taking a look at this. Danielle's going to send me the link to buy the stuff from my office. She has made medieval history fun, entertaining, and accessible, and she's going to tell us what in the world that means for millions around the world. Danielle, welcome, and a shout-out to your PR person, Mickey Mickelson, who sends me wonderful guests like you for these shows. So thank you, Danielle. Just say hi. Hi. Hello. Happy there to she, be here. There she is. I, I can't get over that red background I wanted. <laughs> then we have Lyle Benjamin. Lyle created planned acts of kindness and gamified karma ah we got to find out about that where the more you do the greater your rewards i like that lyle he's the author of one o-n-e the fight for survival of the human race we're not going to get political or too deep down in the rabbit hole without but we're going to talk about the games and i want to know all about karma so thank you very much lyle say hello Hello, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, delighted. I can't wait to hear about what you do. And then we have Michaela Kelly, Kelly with an E before the Y, Canterbury. She's a lawyer, and she's the author of Sister Siren. Oh, I like that. A nonfiction about addiction, a field guide on how to love an addict. And so many in the world are struggling with that, and it's an important work. So Michaela's going to talk about her creativity and a little bit about what her book is about. We'll get to that. So join me, a.k.a. Radio Red, for the gifts. I'm adding the S of creativity. We're so happy to be here. Danielle, I'm putting you on speaker view first. Would you please do me the pleasure of giving us a more full introduction on who you are and what you do. Welcome, Danielle. Thank you. And thank you, Red, for the introduction. I think you hit most of the highlights. I'm a medieval historian, so that means I studied the time from about 500 to about 1500. So that is the time vaguely, if you're thinking about England, which many people do when they think about the Middle Ages, you're talking about the fall of the Roman Empire to about the time of Henry VIII. So that's the time I study. So knights, castles, all that kind of stuff. And I try and make this very exciting. As it's exciting to me, I try and make it exciting for everybody else. And so I write books books about the things that people want to know. What did people eat? What did they wear? Did they ever go on dates? That kind of stuff is what I write about. <laughs> yeah, because I think people have these questions. They watch Game of Thrones and they think, is this actually true? Is it much like that? And that is my joy is to share the real facts with people. So that's, that's how I spend my time and my creativity. How did you get started on this? I was honestly, I mean, this is this is off the beaten path. People are not (laughs) that's that's like not yesterday and not last year and not last century. So how did you get started on this? What what inspired you or lured you? Well, I was one of those people that always loved those stories of Robin Hood. I really love Sleeping Beauty, which we might talk about later on this show. Uh, Disney Sleeping Beauty, Disney's Robin Hood. I loved uh, Tennyson. I loved King Arthur stories. I loved all that stuff. But I didn't know it was a career until I got to university and and I had an instructor who was teaching like Arthurian literature as their job. And I thought this is pretty amazing. And so after I got my master's degree, I was at home. I had a new baby. I was kind of missing all the historical stuff I'd been into in university. So I started writing for the internet and I would share all this stuff about the medieval world. And that turned into a career, turned into a podcast and books and all that stuff. So it was gradual, but I didn't know it was a career either until I kind of stumbled across someone who was doing something similar. That's why I call you one of my creatives. There you go. (laughs) You created a career out of a passion that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Bringing history to life for people. And I guess the lesson is take a lot of elective classes in high school if you have that option and in college and open your mind to things that you might not know at the time 
would interest you later on, whether as a career, as a passion, as a vocation, as a hobby, as a way to meet people. Very interesting. Danielle, thank you so much. Just delighted to have you here. Let's go one stop around the virtual table, Lyle Benjamin. Two, what do they say about people who have two first names for their first and last names? What do they? Is there something they say about that, Lyle? Well, they say that you get your college records mixed up quite frequently <laughs> as, well, as well as medical records. But I actually have three first names. So my middle name is Greg. And... Uh, it, it was wonderful going ahead and finding where things were misplaced. Lyle, Greg, Benjamin, no relationship to Gregorian. I'm going to leave that one alone. Thank you very much. Lyle, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of giving us a fuller introduction? Go ahead. Sure. So thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. And hello to everyone out there in, in radio and, and podcast land. Um, <clears throat> you know, I am working as... Um, what I call a social responsibility entrepreneur. And that might be a job designation that none of you are familiar with. Um, it's because I created it because what I see in the world is problems that are not being addressed properly by individuals, inst influencers, and institutions. And what we need to do is stop the fractional approach that we use to solve everything from climate change to pollution to pandemics, as well as social, economic, and health inequalities around the world. And we have to start coming together as one people, one planet, where we have the systems to go ahead and address and push back on these issues. Because this decade is going to determine quality of life for billions of people on the planet, yet we're going down the wrong paths to go to to really um, achieve what we need to achieve for quality of life. So um, I apply what I've learned and what I've developed through my entrepreneurial activities in life to these issues to create systems to solve these problems. And the reason why I got into it was because when I was growing up, I had a difficult childhood at home and I started working when I was 11 years old in New York City just to get out of the house. And I met people who took an interest in me when they didn't have to. And they really helped me deal with some difficult situations. And I appreciated it so much that I decided to go into a career where I can help people. So I went to law school and I found out I was very naive. I found out that it really wasn't about helping people um, the way that I wanted to go ahead and okay. do it. So, um, Caveat. <laughs> yeah. So I went into entrepreneurial business instead, where I learned how to do some things. And I started the first national newsstand magazine on helping people with all types of relationships, intimate family, friendship, and work. It's called Relationships Today. It was psychologically based. And it was very well received, but magazines are very, very expensive to do. Yes. I want to know about your planned acts of kindness. I'm waiting yes. for you to get to that because yes. I'm fascinated and I have guests over the years who've done things like that. I want to know briefly, what's your approach, Lyle? Well, it's the same thing. You know, I apply that, that idea that we can't use a fractional mm -hmm. approach to solving issues. So the thing is, when people think about volunteering, they think about random acts of kindness and they do things. And that makes themselves feel good for a little bit of time, but it doesn't really help 
people with the issues that they face. So I developed what's called planned acts of kindness, which every day you wake up, there's a new planned act that you can do with your friends, family, coworkers, or in your community. And the goal is to have millions of people in the United States, hundreds of millions of people around the world doing the same planned act on the same day and unleashing that much positive, powerful energy into the world. You know, the keys to living happier, healthier lives, it's not how much money you make, it's not how many toys you have, and it's not how many drugs you take, contrary <laughs> to what some companies might tell you. It's really the quality of your relationships and your strength, your ties to community. And that's what Planned Acts enhances in people. You know, there are four different activities that you do during the month, Planned Acts. And when you do those, you can level up in the Karma Club where you're eligible for recognition and rewards. So, Thank you. Very, very interesting. Well, Lyle, Greg, Benjamin. You're one of you're one of my creatives. There, you're all getting membership. I don't have any dues or anything like that. I've never done this on a show before. You're one of my creatives. Very, very interesting. Taking a passion, doing good, being creative about how you approach it, applying your knowledge, and sharing it with other people. Community, kindness, all good thoughts. Thank you, Lyle, very, very much. And I have I have one thing for your friend from LLL. Yes. She can come from La La Land. <laughs> she probably thinks I'm there most of the time. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much. Michaela Canterbury, can't wait to hear more about who you are. Welcome to the show. Go ahead, Michaela. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm Michaela. I'm, I'm from Eagle River, Alaska, so I'm coming negative 11 outside <laughs> right now. <laughs> we got dumped on, like, for a period of a week. And so I have like eight feet of snow out there. <laughs> and I'm in my turtleneck sweater trying to keep warm. And <laughs> so, so here I am. Uh, my, my day job is I'm a trial lawyer. So I went to law school too. <laughs> and uh, I was thrown into uh, book writing um, when this crazy chaos entered my life. And so um, I was a personal injury. I am a personal injury lawyer. And I, so I know how people get hurt and I know how people can um, easily become addicted to things, but this was happening right underneath my nose. Um, my sister, who's uh, 13 years younger than I am, uh, became addicted to, um, well, it started with pain meds and uh, she was an elite athlete and, uh, we come from a family of high functioning professionals. My dad's a trial lawyer. My mom's a PhD. She was head of her department at the University of Alaska Anchorage. And she had a parallel profession as a grant writer and graduating people from high school, getting in the GEDs and vocational training and all that. And my sister was an elite athlete and um, got her master's in, in counseling. And so this was all happening. Her addiction was growing right underneath our nose and none of us knew. And so when it became real active and real apparent, um, you know, <laughs> that's when we just kind of jumped in. So that's what my book's about. It's first time author. Uh, I had released it intentionally in September, which is recovery month has a happy mm -hmm. ending. My book, because we'll be celebrating four mm -hmm. years that my sister's been in recovery this March. So Yay! <laughs> let's have, let's have a little. Let's all do a little heart in the air for her sister. A little heart, Ooh. sending love. 
I've never done that on the show either. This last of the year is going to probably set some new new things for next year. C- keep going, Michaela. Thank you for sharing that story. Go ahead. Yeah, well, my sister and I are doing uh, talking engagements, speaking engagements, and events together, uh, telling the story together around our community and, um, and on podcasts. And it's just really... Um, I'm just getting truth bumps talking about it. It's so lovely. I just love it so much. And I'm just so happy. And we, people have so many questions from both of us, you know, about the, the three-year journey and all and how our family stepped in. And so, uh, and I really, what, what I love the most, most, most is my, my parents are in their mid-70s, approaching 80s. And um, my mother has the advanced stages of Alzheimer's. And my father had a stroke earlier this year. My sister and I are able to step in together to care for our parents. I mean, that was that was like my biggest fear uh, when she was in active addiction. Is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's gonna die. I'm gonna do this by myself. Um, but you know, uh, when my dad had a stroke and we 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 stepped in, my my mom was my dad was my mom's caregiver, still is, um, and uh, we just had to step in. And my sister's like. I'm so glad I'm clean. <laughs> I can step in yep. and be present for this moment. And I'm like, girl, me too. I totally prayed for this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just uh, we have a lot of uh, hope and healing and to share with people. And that's what we're doing. And it's really wonderful. I feel blessed that we're able to do it. And it's another planned act of kindness. You wrote the book, right, Lyle? And she's mm-hmm. sharing kindness on how do you get through really difficult times as a family. And you're still, as a family, there are just more people who are part of the scope of what the kindness is. Thank you so much, Michaela. You're all so yeah. impressive. Very, very interesting, all of you. What I'd like to do now is go to your fictional character or song quotes you sent me before the show. You probably wonder, what is she trying to do here? What's she thinking? I will give you a clue that I have more than 50 business radio series I've started since 2011 under a different name. And I used to have them send me their favorite quote. Well, I can't even count on hands, toes, feet, and and a box full of uh, bobby pins or nails how many times they were quoting, oh my goodness, Einstein and Mark Twain and Winston Churchill and Gandhi and Maya Angelou. And after a couple of years, I was thinking, uh, just kill me now. Because the quotes were just, okay, we're going to go through the life history of one. Oh, we're going to. So I, about three years ago, I said, nope, fictional. Well, what, what, what do you mean? We're talking about the future of utilities. We're talking about future of manufacturing. We're talking about the future of, of digital transformation for major consultancies around the world. He said, what can I do? I said, well, how about um, Jerry Maguire? Show me the money. Business has got to make money, right? And what about Jack Nicholson and a few good men? You can't handle the truth. Well, your business isn't progressing with digital transformation, everything they need. You can't handle the truth. You may not be around next year to talk about it. So I introduced people to the concept of fictional. And then I decided this show, Read My Lips, is about creatives. So let's stay creative. But the, the quotes are different on this show, and I appreciate that. So with without further ado, let's go. So, of course, we know where your quote is from, Danielle. It's from Prince Philip, quote, unquote, fictional, yes, right, Walt Disney Sleeping Beauty, 1959, animated feature film, uh, just a little background, Prince Philip, the son, son of King Hubert, I'm doing the French version, is a dashing, brave, heroic, yet easygoing, persuasive, and wise-cracking prince who is betrothed to King Stefan's daughter, Aurora, as a means of unity, kingdom unity. The alliance becomes endangered when 
Philip instead falls in love with a peasant girl in the forest, unaware that in order to keep her from dying on her 16th birthday, they had to turn her into a peasant, and it's really Aurora. Okay, you may find this of interest. Philip was the first Disney prince to be given a proper name and a developed character after Prince Philip, the late Duke of Edinburgh and husband of Queen Elizabeth II, the prince that most Americans knew at the time. So here's the quote. Now, Father, you're living in the past. This is the 14th century. (laughs) Danielle, help me out here. What does this have to do with your creativity like we didn't know? Go ahead, Danielle. Three three minutes. You're up. Well, I love this quote because I think so many times the way that media introduces us to the Middle Ages, it makes it seem as if people in the past were dumb, they were violent, they were not like us at all. And so this quote really speaks to me because, of course, the people who lived in the Middle Ages are just like us. Exactly like us. We haven't evolved in in terms of our brain power since then. We have different uh, different types of information and ways that we get information. But this quote really speaks to the fact that the people who are living at that time, it's their present, right? This is the 14th century. Nowadays, we can marry whoever we want to. This is modern. It's modern for them. So my favorite thing to do with the Middle Ages is to introduce people to the human element about it. So when we think about the Middle Ages, I'm always trying to get people to see these people as if they were a neighbor, a friend, someone that they would know because it's it's the way to, I think, really connect with the past. And I think that practice of connecting with the past is a good way for us to figure out how to connect with people across the world, across the street, people across different cultures. So so this is a very human quote. To me, it really speaks to the fact that humans have been the same for hundreds of years. And even though Prince Philip is an animated character, I think he really gets at, gets at this idea that for them, it is their present, it is their now. And there are people that are working towards change, even in the 14th century, which happens to be my favorite century. So this quote is is probably my favorite. Thank you. Love it. And uh, you mentioned you'll be talking about that movie, and I'm glad that you picked the quote from that movie. Very, very interesting. When you said in your introduction that did people date? What did they wear? What did they eat? I, I think we all burst out laughing because who would have thought about that? As evidenced by the little synopsis of the movie, these were arranged marriages, right? He was supposed to marry the princess, and then she went and had this evil spell put on her and had to go out in the woods and be a peasant. Oh my, who knew that? So so much for creative characters, right? Well, see, that's the funny thing. The people who had arranged marriages were mm. royals, but regular people, they could most of the time choose who they wanted to get married. And that's not something that most of us know. I think most of us think everyone was in an arranged marriage and it was always yeah. quite cold because your parents arranged it for you. Whereas most people in at least the 14th century, they're getting married in their 20s. They're picking who they want to marry and uh, they're making a go of it. So yeah, Prince Philip is ahead of his time in that he's royal and he wants to marry someone who's a peasant, but uh, I think he really speaks to the modernity that people experienced in their own lives at the time. And by the way, he was slim. He had a fairly built physique. He had fair (laughs) skin, brown eyes, brown hair. He was several years older than Aurora because when she was an infant, he was a pre-adolescent. So do the math. This is all the lore about the movie is how well-developed this named character was. Thank you. That was great. Thank you very much. Lyle Greg Benjamin. I can't stop using your middle name. I'm sorry. You just put it out there. We got to use it. So Lyle Greg Benjamin has sent us a quote from Jason Nesmith 
Smith, a.k.a. Cam- Commander Peter Quincy Taggart, played by Tim Allen. Galaxy Quest, 1999 American sci-fi comedy. I love the way they say sci-fi comedy. They combine genres these days. Have you noticed that? It could be a drama, romantic, sci-fi, comedy, fantasy, war film. Yeah, they, they do that. Galaxy Quest is a parody of an homage, that's the French pronunciation, to sci-fi Films and series, especially Star Trek and its fandom, depicts the cast of a fictional cult TV series, Galaxy Quest, who were drawn into a real interstellar conflict by actual aliens who think the series was a documentary, okay? In addition to Tim Allen, Sergoni Weaver, Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, oh, Monk, one of my favorite actors, Sam Rockwell and somebody named Daryl Mitchell. Um, t- uh, Tim Allen won a Saturn Award for Best Actor for this movie. Here's the line. Really good one. Only five words, Lyle. I hope you can handle this. Never give up. Never surrender. What does this have to do with creativity, Lyle Greg Benjamin? Oh, it's got everything to do with creativity. Because, you know, a lot of times when people go ahead and burst onto the scene and all of a sudden they become overnight sensations, well, what people don't see is the 10 years beforehand that it took for them to get to that point. All the hard work and determination and, you know, that's what you've put in in your radio career. That's what, you know, you know, I'm sorry, I'm dyslexic, so I can't get the names right when they're spelled differently. That's OK. You know, Michelle, has put in, that's what Danielle has put in. That's what we all have put in in order to get where we are today. And that's what everyone needs to do when they want to really be successful. They've got to have the desire. They've got to have that determination and they've got to put in the time and the effort to go ahead and be successful. And a lot of times people don't do that, but they still have those goals. And what I'm here to say is that everyone has the opportunity to be the hero. A lot of times we don't know the path to do it. So in the programs that we have, we've got over 40 different programs that are collaborative in nature. We show people how they can be the hero because it's not about us. It's really about you and what you want to do and the impact that you want to have in the world. You might not know the pathway or the system to get there. We can help you with that, but you have it within you to be the hero. You just have to go ahead and have that determination, have that desire and put in the time and the effort and you will succeed beyond your expectations. Thank you. I like that. Thank you for the quote. I was teasing you that I didn't know how it related to creativity. Of course I did. Thank you very much. And thank you for the, I don't know if anybody's ever quoted Galaxy Quest on my radio show. So I appreciate that. Let's go to Michaela. Michaela has picked a quote from It's a Wonderful Life. Well, we're at that time of year, aren't we, dear? 1946 American Christmas fantasy drama film produced and directed by Frank Capra based on the short story and booklet, The Greatest Gift which Philip Van Doren Stern self-published self-published in 1943. Can we believe that? And it's loosely based on the Charles Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol from 1843. Wow, 100 years earlier. Film stars James Stewart as George Bailey, a man who's given up his personal dreams to help others. See, Lyle, help others in his community and whose thoughts of ending his own life on Christmas Eve, bring about the intervention of his guardian angel, Clarence Oddbody, played by Henry Travers. Clarence shows George all the lives he has touched and what the world would be like if he didn't exist. So the quote is from Ma Bailey, played by Beulah Bondi. Speaking of Mary Hatch, played by Donna Reed. Remember the Donna Reed show? Okay, here we go. So Ma Bailey says, 
why she lights up like a firefly whenever you're around. Besides, I, I, I hope you don't mind the accent. I'm from the, I'm pretending to be from the South. Besides, Sam Wainwright is off in New York and you're here in Bedford Falls. And George Bailey, played by James Stewart, says, and all's fair in love and war, right? And Ma Bailey fixes his collar and says, well, I don't know about war. So the quote is, why she lights up like a firefly whenever you are around. I love that. What does this have to do with creativity? Michaela, rescue me, please, right now. <laughs> I love I just love that quote. I love that movie. It's my favorite movie. And my kids are like, Mom, again. I'm like, yes, I light up like a firefly whenever I turn it on. I just love it. And that, whatever it is that lights someone else up, I just want to know what that is in people. And so that's why that quote just resonates with me so well. I, I mean, you know when you see it, when you see somebody light up and you're like, what is that? what's making you light up like a firefly? And so it's just always stuck with me. And I just want to know that about other people because that's like the connection, you know? So that's, that is all about creativity. What makes other people light up? Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Debbie Gibson, you light up my life, remember? Okay. Yeah. Ooh, getting goosebumps there. Thank you very, thank you all for the, the quotes. I appreciate the work you did to come up with something really, really interesting. I, what I'd like to do now is I'm going to pick one or two creativity statements. I asked each of my guests, this is for the audience, to send me four statements about what creativity means in their life, how it impacts their life, how they've used it, what they think about it, how they define it, anything and everything. Danielle, I have two. I'm going to pick two, and I want to give you three minutes to tell us more about them, but I think they go together very well. You say creativity is a way of exploring your own curiosity, asking what if, question mark, and then seeing what happens. This is how I've managed to build my career outside of academia. And then you say many of the best creative ideas, and I like this, come from moments of rest and stillness. This is something we've known since time immemorial, and it's now been borne out by science. Danielle, three minutes. Tell me what does all this mean? I like it. Um, yeah, so you already kind of got at this at the beginning. I started my career by just seeing what if I could get away with this? What, what if I could get away with writing for the internet as my career? What if I could get away with making a podcast? And I just throw myself into situations to see what happens. So for me, creativity, a way of expressing myself is to see what I can get away with in terms of can I make a career out of this? Is this a way that I can help people to learn more about this time because I find this time really mm -hmm. interesting. And so when it comes to stillness and rest, uh, this is coming from my book and everyone else has beautiful branded contents and I don't, but this is my book, which is how to live like a monk, medieval wisdom for modern life. And a couple of the things that my colleagues here have been talking about are related to this, where we, we know now that many of the habits that monks were, were, integrating as part of their lives made them healthier. So things like meditation, we know makes us healthier. Time in silence, time in community, time apart from community, all of these things help us to be creative. And monks are the people who are creating art and they're writing down stories and they are the people who make the most beautiful books. For me, uh, I do meditate and I find that a lot of creativity comes from that, from having that deep rest. But a lot of my good ideas come as I think a lot of people can agree agree with, relate to, they come from having a bath, 
whether having a shower or walking in nature, all of that time where you're just allowing yourself to just rest and be. And so that's something that I think became clear as I was writing the monk book, because I was, I was looking into the science behind things like meditation time in nature. And it became clear to me as I was practicing myself doing things like meditation. And so, yeah, these things can come together, I think. And it's not unless you have that rest that you can truly be creative. If you're constantly on the go or you're constantly looking at your phone, you don't have the space to be creative. So that is how it shows up in my work through my work on monks and my my hobby and, and work reading psychological papers about this and also in my own life. Thank you. Give yourself the space, the rest, and the stillness to let the creativity, I'm not going to say creep in, but come out of you, right? Yeah. Give, it a, give it a chance to blossom. Give it a chance to grow. Give it a chance to sprout. Very, very interesting. I, I just bought a house. I, I told you all before the show, a sight unseen other than a Zoom tour with a, with a realtor a couple of times. And uh, I had no idea really what, what this house was like or what I was getting into. But the gentleman who lived here before me was disabled. He had a stroke and he had he had ripped out what I understand was a, a jet bathtub in the master bath, which has three windows that look out on the garden. It's a third of an acre corner lot, you can imagine, with 25 t- foot tall trees and, and butterfly trees. And there's a fig plant out front and there's lettuce and basil in the garden and there's a magnolia tree and butterfly bushes. And oh my God, anyway. Outside of this bathroom window are what people tell me are winter camellias. There are hundreds of blooms. The trees are about 12 feet tall. And this three-part window, this bay window, nobody can see it. The next yard is, is over a ways, and the trees create privacy. So I discovered by standing up over the top of this really awful-looking walk-in shower that somebody put in for him that blocked the window and had space behind it, with the, so one day I stood up on the ledge in the shower and I looked at butterflies and birds and I thought, what would I like to do? So I got a contractor and we just put in a soaking tub, not too deep because I'm only five foot tall and it's trouble getting into it and trouble getting out of it. But it has an ergonomic armrests inside the tub where you look at it and the profile of the tub has a curve like an S inside. And that's where you could just rest your elbows. And it's very, very deep. And I had them, I picked out tile for the face of it and then for the deck. And they tiled it around and then we painted up to the top. And now I can open those three beautiful windows and take a tub and soak and just think. And mm. it was, it's, it's quite an experience. So I'm, I'm a tub person, but never liked this before. So thank you for helping me think about that. <laughs> Danielle, I appreciate it. I'm going to get real creative now. Let's go on. <laughs> Lyle, I've got two statements picked out for you, uh, your number three statement and number four. You don't have to find them. I'll read them. You say, in writing, my creativity extends into the ability to write at a high level in all genres, fiction, nonfiction, fiction, technical, legal, business, and conversational. And then you say, I also have the ability to create board games, digital games, and gamification systems in multiple fields to meet differing objectives. I didn't know you wrote nonfiction and legal and business and conversational. Lyle, tell us a bit about that part of your creativity, please. Wow. Um, You know, you you wrote it. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, You know, it's not something that I um, really designed as a, as, you know, an ability that I would go ahead and, and have moving forward. It's, it's really kind of something that um, just developed naturally in terms of, what I was able to go ahead and do. And that's really look at things 
and then come up with unique ways to go ahead and present information that kind of resonates with other people. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not from soaking in a tub and, <laughs> you know, it's not from meditating. Um, it's, it's just, I allow myself the freedom to go ahead and look at things and then say, hmm, what about this? And mm -hmm. oftentimes for me, it doesn't take me long to come up with what might be the solution or whatever. But if I go back to explain it, it might take 20 minutes to explain how I got there. And the thing is that you can't, you know, a lot of people have ideas about, you know, how to do things and or what they want to go ahead and do. The difference is they don't take the time to put it on, you know, in motion. They don't take the time yes. to do the research that they need. They don't take the time really to go ahead and outline what there's the steps that they're going to take, maybe bring in some other people if they need to, to help them because they don't have the expertise in other areas. And that's what you really need to do in order to go ahead and go that extra mile to go ahead and put it into action so that it can have fruition at the end of the road. And that's what I encourage people to do. If you have ideas on what to do about X, Y, and Z, don't just sit back and say, you know, I could have done this. Do it. Okay. Take the time, put in the effort, right? Have that determination. And it's the consistency that you display that will go ahead and get it done. You know, you don't have to go ahead and give up everything and, and you know, spend, uh, you know, uh, 20 hours a day doing it. Keep your regular job, right? But put in time consistently and get it done. And it can lead to, uh, you know, a whole new life for yourself and for other people who are impacted by it. Lyle, I think you're referencing Yoda's quote in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, the famous one, do or do not, there is no try, right? Think about it, talk about it, do it. And I had a guest on the show a couple months ago who I think she coined the phrase courageous creativity, and then we had passionate creativity. Well, I'm going to say in your, on your behalf, Lyle, Greg Benjamin, I, I love the three names, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to say, how about actionable creativity or goal-driven creativity or just make it happen damn it creativity that's what we're going to do <coughs> let me let, let me go to Michaela and Michaela I'm combining your statements two three and four because they were very brief and here we go you say I'm creative in my writing I paint I love to sing create beautiful food to host or give meals and desserts that I make with love in my or someone else's kitchen. So talk about any or all of that, painting, writing. We know you write. Let's talk about the painting and the making food to share. Michaela? Oh, yeah. I just, and it's so great around this time of year. My daughter just came back from college and we, we love to cook and bake together and then able to, to, to give it. <laughs> you know, like when I go and meet my mom, who's, you know, she's, She'll eat whatever we make. <laughs> but I just love like being in a kitchen with people and 
creating something. And when you're, you know, when it's made with love, it has less calories. That's what I've heard. So I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that when I'm cooking for myself, because I live alone right now, I'm saying, I really love these turkey meatballs. So if I love them and I eat them with love, there, there's no calories. So it helps. Go ahead, Michaela, please. Yeah, but just like in creating, like, for example, let's take turkey meatballs. <clears throat> but like, if I were making that with my daughter, like she'll put in a flare, I'll put in a flare, we'll make it together. Here's a whole new thing. And we're like, oh, gosh. And then that's like our moment. <laughs> and then we get to have, we get to share that with with my son, with my husband, with my with my son's girlfriend. I mean, it's just, it's just this on top of, on top of creation and love. I just, that's, that's what I meant by that. Like being in either my kitchen or like sometimes my girlfriends and I will get together and we'll just do the whole cookie thing or, you know, or we're making meals for, um, like one of my girlfriend's husband is bedridden. He's suffering from cancer and we're just making meals and we're bringing them out there. And mm-hmm. again, made with love, <laughs> very healing quality. So yes. that's, that's what I meant by that. It's just acts this- of kindness, right? Lyle acts of kindness. That's very, very nice. When my contractors were here, I was so happy to have people in the house that I baked for them. <laughs> I baked, I baked some like four dozen chocolate chip cookies. And I said, guys, you better eat them. Otherwise, I'm going to do it. And they kept walking by the tape, right? Right? My snowplow guy. I, I come out there with cookies. Yeah. He's friggin' happy. You know? I know. And I, you know, and it's just our road. We live at the back of the back of the valley. And so, like, I even brought him some hot cocoa with some Baileys and some cocoa. Oh, 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 oh with Baileys. <laughs> He's been plowing. He was going all night. And I'm like, dude, need this. He's wonder like, what the pattern on the plow was after the Baileys <laughs> and the cocoa. And when the, this uh, contractor hired a painter or brought me a painter who had done some work for him on some local projects, I said to him and his, he had his son and his son-in-law, I don't know, two, three people showed up. They did the full garage, 800 square feet. And the bathroom, two coats each in one day between 8.30 in the morning and 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Expensive, but I've never seen people paint that much, that well, that fast. Seriously. So I said, you like, like, I'm not in the mood for chocolate chip cookies. We just had that for Brandon and Bruce. I'd like to make oatmeal raisin. They said, sure, we'll eat them. So I made a batch of oatmeal raisin. And then the last part of the batter, I snuck in some chocolate chips. So I had the combo. They didn't eat enough. So I froze. Have anybody ever, Michaela, you in particular, have you ever made cookie dough and instead of baking it all, formed mm-hmm. it into the little balls, put it on a plate, cover it with wax paper, stick it in the freezer. And I that do, way, yeah, all the time. Let, my daughter taught me that. So we, we do that. We, we, we freeze our stuff and we do it. It's a subsistence lifestyle up here often. Yeah. So we do it with fish. We do it with yeah. moose. We do it with yeah, yeah. freeze You, do, you just stuff. do that. It's great. Yeah, my daughter taught me that. Right. I would be frozen. And, and, and that's right. And then you're ready and you just take it out and you stick it on a baking pan. You have one minute to the timer and, and you got cookies. You don't have to mix it. Anyway, thank you very much. I appreciate your statements. Let's go through some famous birthdays. If you know who these people are, just say something or yell happy birthday, whatever you want to do. We have Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't put these in age, just how I found them on famousbirthdays.com. Jake Gyllenhaal. 42, actor with a breakthrough role in October Sky, won a BAFTA for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Brokeback Mountain. And he's been in a lot of movies. He was in City Slickers. He starred in the cult film Donnie Darko. He won an award for Best Actress at Actor. And we know he's the brother of Maggie Gyllenhaal. And I didn't know this, but their parents were Hollywood directors and screenwriters. Who knew? No surprise. Now we have somebody who has morphed so many times I don't recognize her anymore, Alyssa Milano. Remember Alyssa Mm -hmm. Milano? She started as a teen actress on 
who is the boss? Remember with Tony Danza and Judith Light? And later is Phoebe Hallowell on Charmed from 1998 to 2006. And she appeared on a UK drama series in 2013, Mistresses. I saw that. She had a major role in that. And Insatiable, blah, 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 blah. She started acting at the age of eight in a national tour of Annie. And she was selected out of 1,500 girls. I'd say she was probably pretty damn good at eight. She played a character on Melrose Place, and she guest starred in a Blink-182 music video for the song Josie. Happy birthday, Alyssa Milano. Jennifer Beals. Oh, come on. The actress who starred in Flashdance. She's 58 <laughs> today. 58. She got an NAACP Image Award and a Golden Globe. She was in the movie Full Out, and her first job before she got famous was working at an ice cream store. I didn't know this, but she studied English literature at Yale. And I know more recently she played Betty Porter, B-E-T-T-E, in the series The L Word. And if you haven't seen it, put your seatbelt on and take a look. It's very interesting. Then we have a magician named Chris Angel. And he spells it C-R-I-S-S. He's 55. I think Danielle knows who he is. He's a mind freak magician, okay, and an escape artist who broke the record for appearing on TV for more hours than any other magician. More than David Copperfield? Anyway, he released five albums as the lead singer of the industrial band Angel Dust. I didn't know that. Between 1998 and 2003, maybe he was a mind freak singer too. Uh, (laughs) Then we have a young lady named Marla Sokoloff, and she was on the TV series The Practice playing Lucy Hatcher, and she played Claire on Desperate Housewives. She was on Fuller House. She was on the original Full House. She played Sean Scott's girlfriend in the film, Dude, Where's My Car? And she was Joey, Joey, that's Matt LeBlanc's, pregnant sister on the hit sitcom Friends. And now I have a couple of social media birthdays I want to tell you. I guarantee, especially Lyle, you've never heard of these people, but when do you hear what they've done? Okay. On TikTok, you're going to love this, all of you. There's a gentleman who's 32 years old today, and his goes by the name The Bentist. B-E-N-T-I-S. Anybody heard of him? The Bentist? Okay. His real name is Ben Winters. He's a dentist. He works in Texas at Wincrest Orthodontics. He's known on TikTok as the Bentist. He has 12 million fans, and he does comedy content that takes place in his office. (laughs) Open wide. I'm sorry. 12 million fans. Danielle, do you have 12 million fans for your books yet? Uh, Not yet, but I think I need to do more dental content, apparently. That's a lot lot of laughing gas. Very good. We had a, I did a famous birthday for somebody, I think on TikTok a couple weeks ago, who was a slime video producer and he had something like 50 million. We're all in the wrong business. Then on Instagram, there's a young man who's 21 today, whose name is the Backpack Kid. And he has dance moves that he does. I don't know whether without a ba- backpack and he has 1.5 million followers and he's so good that he got a spot in the dancing chorus on Katy Perry's performance of Swish Swish on Saturday Night Live. That's how good he is. But he only has 1.5 million followers. I think we need to talk to this guy. He's not doing enough. And then we have a Canadian vlogger named Casima. She's Chinese, Malaysian, British and Italian. And her name on YouTube is Gloom. G-L-O-O-M. She only has a mere 7 million subscribers, and she does challenge videos and TikTok contest content, and she posted beauty content to a secondary YouTube channel called Cloudy Apples. I'm having trouble keeping all of this straight, but her name is Kasima, and she's Gloom. 
and she's 31. Can we all say happy birthday to Gloom? One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, Gloom. to Gloom. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> it, it hurts me too. Let me give you some music events in music industry history. Carl Perkins recorded Blue Suede Shoes in 1955. Anybody remember that? Blue Suede mm-hmm. Shoes, Blue Suede Shoes. Come on, Lyle, you must have heard of that. Mikel, I'm not so sure. Danielle, no way. Frank Sinatra's <laughs> first recording session. He recorded Ring-a-Ding-Ding at Reprise Records in 1960 on this date. The Beatles' seventh Christmas fan club single was released on this date in 1969. The British guitarist Ron Woods joins the Rolling Stones on this date in 1975. I don't know who Ron Wood is, but um, they found 33 unknown Bach, as in Johann Sebastian Bach, keyboard works in the Yale Library in 1984 on this day, and that made history. Uh, How about this? Architect I.M. Pei, you may have heard of him, received a $5 million grant or payment to design the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum for Cleveland, Ohio in 1991 on the 10th of December. But I thought that was notable. And on the 20, on the 31st in 1978 of this month, the Winterland Ballroom closed after 556 concerts. And what's interesting is the final show featured the Grateful Dead, the new writers of the Purple Sage. I know Danielle saying, uh-huh. The Blues Brothers. The program was eight hours long. The Grateful Dead played for six hours. They broadcasted on a local PBS TV station, KQED. They simulcasted on the radio, KSAN FM. And after the show, whoever was still there, they served a hot buffet-style breakfast to the audience. <laughs> Is that is that an event or what? 1978, do the math. Music weddings, Cole Porter. You all know Cole Porter. He was 28 and he married a wealthy American socialite who was eight years older at 36. And they were married. Her name was Linda Lee Thomas in 1919. Uh, the actress Vivica A. Fox, I know you all know who she is. In 1998, at the age of 34, she married singer Christopher Harvest. They divorced a few years later. Sorry about that. Kevin Jonas from the Jonas Brothers in 2009 wed Danielle DeLisa at Ohika Castle in Huntington, New York. If anybody's, wow, you know I'm talking about. Yes, she's 23, he was 22, okay. And Carlos Santana on this day in history in 2010 wed the rock drummer Cindy Blackman, who was 51 in Maui, Hawaii. I have a couple of holidays for you. We've got four minutes left. Today is National Emo Day. Danielle, Michaela, <laughs> Lyle, did anybody wear skinny jeans, tight t-shirts, studded belts, and jet black hair with long bangs? Well, that's Emo. I was thinking about it, but I decided not to. I, I, I'm glad you thought that way. A sad teenager who dresses that way. It's a subculture back to the 1980s. You can, uh, they're trying to get more appreciation for it. Today is National Hard Candy Day. Danielle, this is for you. In the medieval period, sugar, which is the only true ingredient in real candy, was prohibitively expensive. Jolly ranchers and blow pops of the dark ages were reserved for the royal and the wealthy. Over the years, I know, confectioners over the years have refined the process to an exact science, and now we know how hot the sugar has to be to coat sweet, sticky, crunchy, cracking, hard candy. Today is National Harry Day. Does anybody know anybody named Harry? Anybody named Harry? How about Megan and Harry? How about Harry Truman? How about, uh, there must be a bunch of Harrys. It's a typical French name for boys. It actually was the spoken word form of Henry, the old English name associated with King Henry, Okay. The title of eight English monarchs in the Middle Ages. It appeared in the U.S. in 1840 to 1920 from British immigrants who came here for a new life. It's also the diminutive form of Harold Harrison and Harvey. Right now, they think there are over 370,000 American men named 
Harry. There you go. Just wanted to tell you that. Now, and also today is National Oatmeal Muffin Day. So much for baking, Michaela. Muffins have been around for centuries. In 10th century Wales, muffins used yeast for rising and were cooked on a griddle. By the end of the 18th century, we had quick bread muffins in a mold using something called potash, which was called pearlash, was replaced by baking soda in 1857. American-style muffins need the little cup or the little mold. Recipes were published in books starting in the mid-1800s. And Amelia Simmons, author of the first-ever American cookbook, American Cookery, used this potash. Today, muffins use blueberries, raisins, bananas, and sometimes nuts for crunch. That's the end of the birthday list. It's time. Thank you for listening to that in the holidays. Quickly, website, where can people find you? Danielle, quick. DanielleSabalski.com. It's got all my stuff, books, podcasts, everything you need to know. It's D-A-N-I-E-L-E-C-Y-B-U-L-S-K-I-E. Again, D-A-N-I-E-L-E, the French version of that. C-Y-B-U-L-S-K-I-E. Thank you very much. Lyle, Greg, Benjamin, where do people find you? They can find me at LyleBenjamin.com and they can find me at PlannedAx.org. L-Y-L-E-B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N.com. Michaela Canterbury, where? mkcanterbury.com canterbury like the tails not like strawberry mkcanterbury.com thank you very much shout out to josh my engineer josh i will give you 30 seconds to close but we're okay let me do quick do the ending life is short break the rules forgive quickly kiss slowly love truly laugh uncontrollably (laughs) and never regret anything that made you smile because you're going to work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares dance like nobody's watching have a good time create sing like nobody's listening i didn't sing tonight thank god love like you've never been hurt because money talks chocolate sings last but not least i stole this line from somebody thank you for turning me on everybody wave goodbye happy hanukkah tonight is the second candle merry christmas kwanzaa festivus we're out wait for it thanks again for tuning in to read my lips radio presented by the voice america variety channel tweet your questions and comments to at radio red 777 Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.